0: BLOB
1: TALK RADIO Hello everyone and welcome to Exploring Awesome, I am your host, Jim Kellner. Today, I'm joined by Leslie Ann Montenegro. Hopefully, she's on the line right now. Are you on the line, Leslie?
0: Indeed, I am.
1: Fantastic. Hey, folks, I just uh, want you to know Leslie Ann is the host of Love on the Air, and um, she's uh, going to be talking today about her journey to awesomeness. Welcome, uh, Leslie Ann.
0: Thank you, Jim. Um, It's great to be a part of this show. Thank you for giving me the opportunity um, to have a voice to not only spread love, but to get the word out about how I feel about spreading love and how I got to this um, great part of my life right now um, in this moment. I appreciate the opportunity and thank you as well for being on my show last night.
1: Yeah, that was a lot of fun. And um you can uh find uh, Leslie's show uh at uh, starworldwidenetworks.com. Uh, the specific link for her show is uh in the show notes, so you can check that out. I hope you do. Um what well, how they, how else can they get a hold of you uh Leslie?
0: Well, they can get a hold of me on Facebook under Leslie Ann Montenegro, and they can find my fan page, um, "What Men Don't Know About Women," on Facebook. Or you can simply just email me at a z g r l forty two at aol dot com, and I will take your story, your um, your excitement about your love or the love you're not excited about anymore and who knows maybe your topic will be a show topic if you have a book that you want to promote and you want or or a movie we had somebody the other um the other week who had written a movie called Tainted Love and she was on the show and talked about her journey from planning a wedding to planning a funeral so there's all kinds of avenues and opportunities for people to um tell me their story and for them to be a part of the show and tell their story. Also, there's a lot of advertising opportunities because I will personally endorse um, your product if you want to help support the show. Um, So yeah, those are the ways you can reach me. And again, it's um, www.starworldwidenetworks.com and you can go to Love on the Air. And you know what? There's also an iTunes download. So you can go to iTunes and type in Love on the Air podcast, and you can subscribe for free, and you will have all the shows. And the last show, everyone, has Jim Kellner on the show.
1: Woohoo. probably the most popular episode in the history of mankind, I'm hoping. Well, I'm getting a lot
0: of responses, (laughs) and um, somebody said you had a great laugh, you know, and they thought I did well handling um, the two of you boys on the show (laughs) last night.
1: You know, we got I a little off track too. as
0: we always do. But that's okay. That's okay.
1: Yeah. And lots of nudity, folks. There were lots of nudity in the background, in case you didn't uh, didn't see that. Um, Les than so you of course, <laughs> you are a <laughs> see how I just gloss right over that. It sounds like wait, I, what happened? I
0: did not I did not show my they're real and they're spectacular. I did not
1: I did not pull my
0: shirt up. No, I did not. Uh
1: or so there she was says. Four men All right. In the studio, so. though. I threatened <laughs> to, but
0: I didn't do it.
1: <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, Leslie Ann, so you are uh, according to your own description, I think it fits you. You are the sultry, sassy personality and a host of uh, love on the air. Have you always been sultry sassy?
0: Yes. I think I came out yeah. that way um as young yeah. as 3 years old. Um I remember driving to Florida with my parents, and we were going to a convention at the Fountain Blue in Miami Beach. My dad was a labor leader, and we often got to go to um, conventions, and we always drove. Of course, we were very kind of lower middle class, but union people. And I remember getting to the Fountain Blue and repeating every word um, that my father used Uh, along the road for people that cut him off and so at a very Uh early age I would walk up to people I would shake their hand and say hi I'm Leslie Montenegro and introduce myself and just talk and I always just had this kind of um, uh, need to uh, approach people and then as well as kind of disarm them and be charming and be a little sassy and sarcastic and I, I don't I've gotten over the cynicism, although a lot of times I do have cynicism about men, and that's only because I've been wounded, but I'm learning to learning to get over that as well. But, yes, I've always been a smart aleck. I was the one that the teacher would say, you know, why are you passing notes? And I would say, well, because you won't let us get up and talk to the person, you know. <laughs> um, my dad was always being called to school because I would talk out of order um, in chorus if we were singing a song, I would harmonize the last note and the teacher would say, you know, please don't do that. Follow the program. And lo and behold, I would harmonize the last note of the chorus. (laughs) And my dad would get called to school. And of course my dad would say, well, what's wrong with her harmonizing the last note? And the teacher would say, well, that's not the point. And he would say, well, you know what? I like to flourish and nourish her individuality. And so just let her harmonize the last note. Of course, it didn't, and I ended up sitting in the corner, and, you know, everybody's looking no. at me. I wasn't known as the class clown at all. I wasn't a clown, but I I did. I was very musical, and I brought the guitar to school, and so that was my way of um, showcasing myself, um, and I've always had the need to do that. I awesome. always wanted to do that. My dad had a stand on tables as a child, And he would put on Beatles music on the Victrola. This is back in the early 60s. And I would stand on the table and hold a brush, and he would make us sing the song. And um, Uh so I've always kind of been on my own stage and then other stages. But, yeah, I've always had that need to just maybe be almost famous.
1: Awesome. And so what's your (laughs) – and before we go on – let me just uh let everybody know if you'd like to be famous and call into the show, uh the uh the call-in number is 347-989-0565. Again, that's 347-989-0565. And I should let everybody know too, if you're listening and you're in the Phoenix area, I am uh, I'm doing my comedy hypnosis show this weekend out at uh, Tasso's uh Comedy Club Bar and Grill and um you can uh, Google that Tasso's. I don't have the address in front of me, but I'll find it. So, um, Leslie Ann, can you tell us about your journey to being a, uh, a your, your kind of life journey to to bring you to where you are now? I know when we were talking uh, in the past, you've talked about some some um, uh, relationships that that didn't uh, didn't work out, and um, and how did you get to be the uh, the expert here on uh, love on the air?
0: I think that um, it goes pretty far back, being um, being in love uh, many times. I think I kissed my first boy in the coat room in kindergarten. And so I've always been a love seeker and a cuddler and a kisser. Even very young, I had the need to um, express love. Of course, I got in trouble for kissing the boy in the coat room in kindergarten, but I, I believe it started at five. And, um, I always had boyfriends and wore i d bracelets on my arm all through school, and just always enjoyed um that connection with another human being and I had been asked to be married um probably five times, so I would say I probably accepted five rings, but um didn't I said yes, but as soon as you get kind of close to the aisle I, I feel like the real person tends to come out. And those people Mm -hmm. did come out and show their real colors, so we ended that relationship. But I did get married at 23 and, um, of course, had the beautiful wedding dress and the church wedding and the vows and love, honor, and obey. And um, I was never really good at obeying. That was the part I always (laughs) kind of had the problem with. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. um, I was a little more uh, meek back then because I didn't really understand the power um, of a woman and my power, even though my dad always tried to teach me that power um i didn 't get it, and so I was a suburban housewife um in a nice big house in the suburbs of Chicago, raising um two children at the time and doing all the things that come around to doing but I was unhappy in my marriage and kind of didn 't know what to do um and I contemplated, and I did leave the relationship four times. There was no physical abuse or anything like that, but it took me a long time to come to a place in my um, in my head and in my heart to actually take that leap of faith and um, leave the marriage. And, of course, I left the marriage and... We ended up going to a marriage counseling weekend, and so I, I have to say I always got an A for effort in trying. Even if my staff and, and got in the way, I did make efforts, and of course, I got back together, and I had got pregnant, and nine months later, I um, had the surprise of my life when my child was born um totally disabled. And that kind of gave me a lesson in life that, you know, you have to really look at at your capacity as a woman when you have this child that um, is not normal. And um, for a while there, I, you know, was depressed and I went on Prozac and I still had two other children that were young that I had to cart around to school and, and I had this disabled child and we spent, you know, weeks in the hospital every week going to therapy five times a week. And I, in those moments, I really realized the Herculean task it takes to just be a woman. You know, we are so multi-talented and we have such capacity and capabilities. And so it wasn't until the birth of Ellie realized, real really, that I realized I can do anything. If I can do this, and this child takes every ounce out of me, she didn't sleep for a couple years, Um, I can do anything. And when she was three, I left that marriage. So I left, you know, a, a mansion with eight bathrooms and a nanny. And I left... Um, and moved out into an 800 square feet apartment, and I was on my own, and of course, I fell in love quite quickly, and remarried, which I don't regret remarrying, but I really should have taken it much slower, but that was another lesson um, in love and patience, because he had an ex-wife that tried every, you know, trick in the book, as that could be a whole nother show on love on the air about Dealing with ex wives and how you you know receive their their terror and how it can be a terror in your relationship, but all of these incidents really made me on the inside a powerful, strong, realizing woman that I can do anything so um after ten years, I left that marriage that ended up not being um not being good for me emotionally. It was kind of toxic. And I left that marriage, and I was homeless for a while. I had to sell my home, and um, I had all my things in storage with nowhere to live. And I just thought, you know, something good is going to happen. And I ended up finding a townhouse on the foreclosures, and I bid on it, and I won it, and I took every penny I had, And I bought this townhouse. And that was my journey to kind of being independent. You know, I became really independent once I realized that I'm on my own. And uh, I started exploring how to be more awesome. And I kind of got social media and Twitter and Facebook and just kind of started building who I am, which is my brand, Leslie Ann Montenegro. Mm -hmm. Did you want to say something mm-hmm. in between there? I know I talk a lot.
1: <laughs> that's okay. I'm used to it. Um, you're a woman. But anyway.
0: <laughs> um, oh, now, Jim, and, Jim, Jim, Jim. Uh, I'm going to have to have you back <laughs> on the show for a rebuttal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. I'm in charge now. <laughs> um, oh, but no, I you know, I like, you, a man no,
0: that's in, I like a man that's in charge, so that's good.
1: That's right. You're like a, a wolf, right? Is that what it was? What?
0: Yeah, so whoo, yeah. Yes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um no, I just wanted to find I just want to ask now because you, you told me a story before about um you were in some coffee shop I think and you said I want to live in this area and is this the townhouse That's that is right. in that area? Oh fantastic. So I, I, using no, the power of a power of attraction. Um tell yes. us about that.
0: I was um still living in the mansion, I believe, and My mother had come into town, and there's this really cool hip part of town called Arcadia, and it's got this little restaurant called La Grande Orange, and it's a yuppie, hippie, health food, pizza, corner store, peace sign, but run very well and professionally. They actually own a lot of restaurants in town, and I was sitting outside on a bench with my mother, and I said, you know, Mom, someday – I'm going to live down the street from this place. And, you know, we both laughed and talked. And I think it was probably when my dad died and she was living with me for a while. And we went back up to the mansion and did our own thing. And lo and behold, it didn't take me, well, I guess it did take me maybe 10 years. But now I live down the street from that little cafe that I walk to on a weekly basis. And every time I'm there, I am appreciative of what I put out there in the universe, and I kind of had a goal that even though I was married and probably married again after that, I knew the kind of life I wanted to create for myself. I saw it, I visualized it, and I actually made it happen. I kept the course, you know, and I I'd, I'd live down the street from that great place now. And it's a great story for me to tell because, I believe in the laws of attraction, and I believe that the universe does provide if you're good and balanced, and you put good out there, that you will attract good. And I have been on this wheel of attracting good and great and abundance now for a few years. Um, i you know me, before that, obviously my kids reward me and things like that. With I have a 29 year old, a 28 year old, and My special needs girl, Ellie, is 22, and I've always been rewarded along the way because they're great individual people, Um, but I really believe that I visualized what I wanted, and even though I was homeless for a while and all my things were in storage, I knew that I could do this, and the townhouse came up right down the street from this place. I had a dollar amount that I could spend and not a penny more, and lo and behold, The bid was within $500 because I almost lost it and I just looked up to the sky and I said, you know what? It is what it is. If I don't get it, I'll get the next one. And boom, I won it. I got the townhouse. I bought it sight unseen. And I walked in and it was in perfect condition, well-maintained. And I looked up again and I just said, thank you. I am so grateful for this reward. And even though it's, 1,200 square feet and I had been coming from 8,000 square feet, I was happy with that space. And every time I walked to La Grande Orange, I know I put it out there and and I received it.
1: That's awesome. That's awesome. And now, you know, I, I think it's interesting. Um, you talk about attracting uh, good in your life over the last um, several years. Now, do you think that, that your luck has changed or are you just sort of seeing the positive out there?
0: I think it's a little combination of both. I think that I've learned to process things differently. I've learned that once somebody says something that may be deemed offensive or not agree with you, it's really how you respond to it that matters because you are the thinker of your thoughts, but you are not your thoughts until you surrender to them. So if somebody Mm -hmm. says something to me, I just learned how to flip the switch and take it differently, which enabled me to actually show up in life differently and not take things to heart or kind of not be a martyr. I did do the Landmark Forum training back in uh, maybe Mm -hmm. December. And the Landmark Forum, I don't know if anybody knows about it, it's a great tool if you're receptive to looking at the story that you created and the the stories that you've attached to events in your life. And then when something in the present happens – You're just rewinding the tape, and you're using that story because you attached it to that event, and I learned how to change my story and just be present, and um, it's been a really helpful tool to just show up. I show up differently, and um, it's changed everything for me, especially in the last, you know, since KFNX and love on the air, and just asking for things. I just recently got a raise because I asked for it. Of course, I made my case, but I asked for it. Um, And people are coming to me now to be on my show. So I think that you can just process things differently and look at life differently and not attach your old story to a present moment. And if you flip that switch, you can take yourself. I snapped my fingers just because it's, it's that quick that you can change your thoughts. You really can, and it's everything mm-hmm. to change your thoughts in the moment.
1: Yeah. So, I, so, so often I think that we're we're trying to change our environment when really it kind of needs to start from inside. You know, we, change, our, we right. change ourselves on the inside, and in the way we view things, and the way we process things, and suddenly it becomes much easier to change our environment or accept our environment and see it differently.
0: Yes, very well Simply. said, Jim. I agree that it's an inside job. It starts yeah, with us, absolutely. and then everything else changes around us once we show up differently. It's amazing right, how exactly. that happens. I've been, I've been totally transformed. You know, even within the last year, um, especially after Landmark, in knowing that it's an inside job. And I also had this friend of mine who's a life coach, Joel Drasner, and he has this site called Flip Your Upset. And I ended up talking to Joel for three months, once a week, and he really helped me to believe that go get that radio show if you want it. Who cares what it costs? Just go and do it. And by gosh, I... I did. I I just took the leap of faith. I signed the contract, and boom, I was on the air. And it's very freeing to do what you've had in your mind for all those years. And once you finally take the step, I mean, everybody can read all they want. They can buy the tapes. They can talk, 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 <laughs> talk, talk. But until you take action, until you take the uh. first step, which is a total leap of faith, because even if you fail, at least, you're not going to regret it because you try. You would regret if you didn't try. And um, I've just gone into this with a really positive attitude. And as soon as I get those headphones on and I get to be the love guru, sass master, um, (laughs) I know I made the right decision.
1: Yeah. And, you know, that is so, it is so funny how we, you know, we, we, you know, this this subject keeps coming up with my my guests that I have on. I'm attracting like these people that are really action takers, you know, I I think that far too often we think it's a deficit of knowledge and it's not, you know, the only way sometimes you're going to really figure things out is to do it. Nobody had to read a book on learning how to walk. Nobody, nobody, there's no book on learning how to walk, no book on learning how to speak. You just had to do it and you failed a lot of times. You can't remember it, but you fell down tons of times and you just had to keep getting up. And that's the, that's, and also this idea, you know, I hear this a lot of times because you know I'm on stage, and people go, "Gosh, I could never get on stage. I'd be so afraid." I, I say, you know, I was terrified my first hundred times on stage, really. And um, it's not. Uh, there's a great quote. I think uh, Mark Twain said it. You know, courage is not the. It's not a lack of fear. It's overcoming that fear. And it uh, yeah. sounds like that's what you've done. That's what you've had to do. Well, right? I would agree with that.
0: Yes, I, I've I've had to really you know, step up my game, I took that leap of faith. And, you know, I made a lot of mistakes on the radio. Sometimes I'd be talking over when the music was starting, I wouldn't know to break <laughs> my countdown was wrong. You know, I, I mm-hmm. just, but it's, it's learning. That's the only way you're going to learn because you can't read about how to be a radio host. You have to be right. a radio host and then just say, well, sorry, people, I, I cut you off or I cut the caller off. Um, <laughs> you know, I talked over the music, but so what? You're not going to, not going to jail for that. It doesn't mean anything. It means that I'm learning and growing. And now a year later, um, I don't know if people are listening, but gosh, the love on the air is, is just keeps getting better and better because I have more practice at doing that. And I do believe it's true that, um, you can overcome whatever thoughts you know are in your mind. I had a really bad day a couple of Tuesdays ago and a very bad news about my special needs daughter. And I thought, you know what? I have to go on the radio tonight. So what are you going to do, Leslie? And I sat with myself. I meditated for a little bit. And I thought, you know what? The show must go on. You're doing the show. And, you know, it was one of those things where you just have to take that whatever is inside you and place it somewhere else because I'm very good at compartmentalizing. And I put Mm -hmm. it aside and just said, you can do this. Get in that studio and have a great show. And I did.
1: Fantastic. And you know, it's uh, funny too when we talk about about failing and and, um, being persistent. You know, every single successful person talks about this. So if you're out there and you're you're failing or you're feeling you're like you're afraid to fail. Every it seems that every successful person has had to fail a bunch of times. They've had to just be persistent. They've had to push through. They've had to Absolutely. go do things even when they've had a bad day. Um so I just think that's such a powerful message for people that nobody has it perfect. You just gotta go with what you've got.
0: You've got to go with what you got. And you know what, baby? You've got a lot. That's how I feel, Absolutely. you know, I am an asset and um, and I'm always learning and I, I, I'm learning to take criticism and, and, and if somebody wants to help me with the show, I say, oh, you know what? You're right. Let's try it that way. Um, you shouldn't say that on the air. I'll say anything on the air. So I never listen to anybody that says you can't say that on the air because <laughs> it's internet. So I can say whatever I want, which I love, <laughs> um, but you're right, you know, you you're going to fail. You're going to fail and then you're going to pick yourself up and you're going to be in bad moods and whatever. You just have to keep doing it. You have to be persistent. No matter how many people knock me down and, oh, you're paying so much for the show. You shouldn't do that. What are you doing? And I just say, you know what? When I put those headphones on, I am in a state of grace and I'm going to keep doing this because it's giving me the exposure and the people and the fun and the notoriety and, and it's giving me pleasure, deep, deep pleasure to be on the radio and spread love because it's not always a goofy show. Sometimes we do shows that are really serious and helping people and people have called in and, and been helped. And so I feel like I'm, I'm paying it forward and I think it's a good thing. I think that's something that everybody should really do. In their life, it's very rewarding to. It's great to receive, but I'll tell you what: there's something about being a go giver, and I'm a go giver.
1: Nice, and you know, we we live in such an awesome time now that I mean, literally anyone can have their own um, show. You know, I've got this thing on Blog Talk. You can also broadcast on YouTube. There's you can write a book and put it on Kindle for uh cost you nothing. You know, I mean there's you can get your message out there, you can get your word out to people, you can you can influence people in a positive way, which I think is just amazing that we live in this, this time.
0: I agree. It's a and, wonderful, uh, you know, social media has just taken over, but if you use it in a positive way, you can um be your own person and you can get your book, you can write that book, you can make that video, you can get your own show on the radio. It is all possible. And, um, and I did that.
1: Yes, absolutely. Great. You know, we're coming to the, uh, we're coming to the close. Um, I want to thank, thank you, Leslie Ann, for being on the show. Uh, It was great to uh, talk to you again. And um, folks, if you want to, if you want to, if you want to listen in to, uh, to Leslie's show, that's Leslie Ann Montenegro. You can find her on Facebook and um, you can also find her show at Star. You can find her show at com. Just look for uh, Love on the Air. I, of course, am Jim Kellner. You can find me uh, on Facebook, Jim Kellner, also jimkellner.com. And, uh, again, if you are in the Phoenix area or uh, you want to drive to the Phoenix area, whatever, I encourage you to come out to my show. It's at uh, Tasso's Comedy Club right here in Phoenix. And the address there is 2401 West Union Hills Drive. And if you stop by the venue in advance, get advanced tickets. You can get those tickets uh, two for one. Just say you uh, heard about it on Blog Talk. All right. Uh, Thank you again, Leslie Ann.
0: Plus, you you look like 007.
1: That's right. Plus, I look like 007. So, thanks a lot, Leslie Ann. And uh, we'll (laughs) talk soon. And take care, everybody. Be well. Be awesome. Be well.
0: Peace. Bye.